Hey there, this is the Hope365 podcast. Each episode is curated to inspire hope in your heart every single day of the year. So, expect a good dose of laughter, faith stories, life-transforming conversations and messages. So Lord, I ask that you fill my heart uh, from the abundance of my heart. Let my mouth speak your word so that every heart that listens will take nuggets and would be liberated if they are in, in any chain. And I also pray, Father Lord, that there will be entrance of your word. There will be no barrier. There will be no uh, misinterpretation of your word. It will come as direct, as simple, and as impactful as you want it to be. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. All right. So um, as um, Sister Buki said, I'll be taking us on the realities of faith. And I will quickly jump into scripture so that we can get, you know, some form of strong basis um, on this that we'll be, you know, sharing about and also praying concerning. Um, so let's go to James 1, uh, quite an interesting um, chapter here. Um, James 1, verse 6. But we, we can take it from five. He says, if anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God, which gives generously to all without finding faults, and it will be given to you. But six is where I'm going to. He says, but when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. I find this scripture very, very uh, interesting because it puts the context for how faith should operate. So where we need to talk about the realities of faith, it's telling us that this is what makes faith real. This is what shows that you are in faith. The first thing I want to talk about is that, do you see that the first point of faith is a mind acceptance, not necessarily an action. Uh, an action. A lot of us, we are very fast to make actions, but we do not first resolve the, uh, um, the angle of believing in the word before we make actions. I'll give you an example. So you are trusting God for a job. Fantastic. Before you go out turning out CVs, you know, and, and, and you know, doing all the faith works that you do, you must first believe that the one you have spoken to, that's even if you have even prayed. Some people, it's funny, I, in, my, in, in this journey, I found out that people have faith without praying. People don't pray and they just believe that, you know, Faith must also come with speaking to God. The Bible says if there is a need in your life, which is wisdom in this part, talk to God. Don't assume that he knows. Talk to him. Because, let me jump ahead of myself, faith actually is the, is, is the, is, is the pathway that gets you into relationship with God. Every time God requires faith from you, is a call into partnership. Every time you are to dispense of faith, it's a call into partnership. It is a come into me and see. 
come into me and see. It's a calling into intimacy. It's a calling into togetherness. It's a calling into working together with God. So the first thing that we need to establish here is if you are in need, let's cultivate the habit to first talk to God. Not whine at God. Not be angry at God. First talk to him. The scriptures are clear. He says, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God. He did not say you should manipulate God. God, I need a job. I know every good and perfect thing comes from you, the father of lights, in which there is no variableness and shadow of turning. I know that it is in your will for me to be financially stable. I know it is in your will for me to add value to my world. Lord, I ask. Is somebody with me? Is somebody getting something? Because you find out that as you go, uh, and I understand that this platform is a very, you know, spiritual platform because everybody here is born again with some years of experience. As you go in Christ, subtle tendencies of entitlement start to rub off in our journeys of faith. Most times we forget to ask. Most times what we start to do is we start to imagine that Shebi he knows. Can you not see me? Why must this happen to me in the first place? But the scriptures are clear. That if you are in need, ask. But when you ask, believe. So now we've tackled the fact that the realities of faith first talks about we asking for what we need. The second thing is saying we must believe in our hearts and not doubt. Now, I will show you why and not doubt is important. Every time we take a journey of faith, it must yield its results. And the results is actually believing in your heart that God is able to do it. Most of the time, we, 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 we narrow faith to seeing that result that we're asking for, which is good. But if you remember, the Bible said something. It said that there were men of faith that died believing the promise. What do you want to say about that? Is it that God did not give them more years to see the promise? No. The, 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 the joy of faith is that you can believe totally in God, that he can do it. And I feel that this is one thing that the Hebrew boys knew when they, when they were speaking and they said, you see, we are not careful to answer you in this regard. We are not going to bow. And even if our God does not save us, meaning that they were not dependent on the outcome of that situation to determine whether they were in faith. Faith starts first in the mind. Faith is an in not understanding of the capacity of your God towards you. Faith says that heads or tail, I believe. And that's something that our generation needs to take in because you find out for every time you pray to God and you expect that something should happen in a season of time and it doesn't happen in that season of time, the first thing that takes the brunt or the first thing that takes the fall is your faith. No. Faith was not made to be that to be that shaky. No. Faith is resolute. Faith is, I believe, even though I see my period. I believe, even though I did not get an acceptance letter. Faith says that the capacity of the one I carry has made it happen even before I saw it. That is faith. So it says, when you believe that, that you must, when you ask, verse 6, you must believe and not doubt. 
you find out that sometimes it's so easy to believe and doubt. You know, I heard from a great man of God. He said when he prays, he doesn't expect that that prayer will not come to pass. He is actually shocked when the prayer does not come to pass. Meaning that that person has built such a, a mental understanding of the one he's talking to, which is God, to believe that, you know what, this man that I, or this God I serve is capable of doing it. He only gets into a shock when he does not see it happen. And that's how you see, oh, I just want to thank God. I did not see it coming. <laughs> Faith makes you know that, you know what, maybe I didn't see it coming at this time, but I knew he would do it. So I first wanted to put this as a test, as, as the first basis of the realities of faith. That number one, you must ask. Number two, you must believe. And number three, you must not doubt. You now see, he started to expound on what happens to the one that doubts. I, I'm sure you can find some of these things applicable in our lives when we, you know, go on some of the journeys of faith. He says, because if you doubt, you're like, you're like one that is tossed by the waves of the sea. I'll use an, uh, um, I'll, I'll use I'll use uh, um, Moses. Sorry, Abraham. Let's open to Abraham twelve, just to show you something about how we posture for faith. Hallelujah, glory be to God. This was the first time you know God was going to be talking about Abraham, and at that time, not even twelve. Um, um, I think it was. Genesis 12, yes, I'm correct. It says, the Lord said unto Abraham, it says, go from your country, your people, and your father's house to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will bless, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those that bless you, and curse whoever will curse you, and all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. See what verse 4 says. It says, and Abraham went, as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abraham was 75 when he set out to Haran. Um, now he obeyed that. But look at what happens in verse 10. Verse 10 says, And now there was a famine in that land. And Abraham went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. Now this is most likely what happens to us. Every time we get an instruction from God, we are very quick to move. And it's not about not moving in faith. It's not about not moving in faith. Okay, um, can can you guys hear me, or does it give a funny um uh what's it called um feedback? I might have to take off my earpiece just so that you guys can hear better. Is it better now? Yes, sir. I need a feedback. Is it better now? Yes, it is. Yes, sir, it is. Okay, all right. So um, let's quickly go verse to verse 10. It says, And now there was a famine, and Abraham went down to Egypt to live there um, for a while. Do not forget that the instruction that God gave Abraham, the work of faith or the journey of faith for Abraham, he has said, Go to the country that I will show you. I will show you who is responsible for the showing of the next step, God, who is responsible for the walking in obedience, Abraham. But a famine came about and the famine made God lose his access in Abraham's life as the one that leads Abraham in the way that he should go. And that is where we now have to talk about it. Now, it's not like as if we as children of God, we don't start out in faith, but a lot of times we start out with faith and a little bit of doubt. And what shows your doubts is tribulations. What shows your faith 
is tribulations. In fact, let me change it. What shows your absolute faith is tribulations. The Bible says, and a famine came. And at that point, men started to make alternative decisions. And you can see from the things that happened to Abraham, he went into that land. And the first thing that we saw that Abraham started to do was to lie about the, the status of his wife. He says, yes, in the scriptures, we understand that the wife operated both as his family member and as his wife. But this one highlighted him putting focus more on her, not as his wife, but as his sister. And the Bible said that that happened and he almost caused the king issues. The good thing about this scripture is when that happened, if you don't forget that Abraham went to what land? The land of Haram. And um, yeah, he went to, no, yes. And Abraham continued towards the land of the Negev. So he actually went to Negev, then there was famine in Negev. And he went to Egypt. But if we look at verse um, chapter 13, verse 1, after all the hula balu happened, and you know, they, they, they told him to go out, why did you lie to us? Blah 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 blah. The Bible says in 13, it says that Abraham went up to Egypt to Negev with his wife. So he went back to the place that he ran away from because he understood that you know what? Even in famine, except the Lord builds a house, except the Lord leads me except I stay on the last instruction the Lord has given me. I cannot make any act of faith come alive with my own personal understanding or with me taking the laws into my hands. The word was clear. Trust me for the next step. But Abraham took a step on his own. He saw that that didn't work well for him. So he went back to the place where the Lord had led him. So the question is when we say we have, we are working in faith, how often do we stick to what we are working in when tribulations come? Another thing that I'm going to be talking about, which is also the crux of what um, 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 the, the context of this um, teaching will be, is the realities of faith as regards wisdom. Do not forget that the Bible, this James one was actually talking about we praying for wisdom. And we see how even wisdom requires faith. Then I will show you how faith also requires wisdom. So what that is saying to us is wisdom and faith go hand in hand. For you to ask for wisdom, you need faith. For you to walk in faith, you need wisdom. I will show you that in a bit. But just before I get there, let's also look at James 2 verse 14. So now we've established that before we start to make acts of faith, we must believe in our hearts and not doubt. Because if we doubt, when we start the acts of faith, when tribulations come, we will fall by the wayside. All right. So let's go to James 2, verse 6. If I'm losing you, please, you can call me back. You can just chat on the WhatsApp group or you can chat on the group so that I know that I, you know, maybe I need to go back on a point or something. Now let's look at James verse 2, verse 6. Look at what James 2, verse 6 is. Um, sorry, I don't think it's James 2, verse 6. It's, um, let me look at it again. James 2, verse 14, sorry, 2, verse 14. Now see what James 2 verse 14 says. He says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Now this is another reality that people say, I believe the word of the Lord. I believe it wholeheartedly in my heart and it doesn't gravitate into action. I believe I will go to school. I will believe that I'll be one of the best musicians or the best gospel artists, but there's no corresponding action that actually shows that you believe. 
So the first thing is people that they believe partially, but they still have fear. They're like, hey, I believe God can do it, but there's someone in their house like, mm, can God really do it? But now there's a generation of those that actually believe that, who I believe my God. In fact, can I tell you something? Absolute believing in God, it naturally gravitates into action. It gravitates into action. So the Bible says, brothers and sisters, let's talk about another dimension. Is it possible for you to claim to have faith and you have no deeds? Now, can such faith, can such faith save them? He says, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and uh, uh, clothes or daily food. If one says to them, go in peace, keep warm, well fed, but does not do anything about their physical need, what, what good is this? In the same way, faith by itself is not accompanied. So, it, it, no, it says, in the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. So, the question I want to ask you with every lofty thing that God has said concerning you, how many of you believe? How many of you believe? The Bible said, and God told Abraham, go to the land that I will show you. The next morning, the next thing we saw was Abraham took corresponding step. Faith comes alive as you take the first step. Moses, stretch out your rod and the Red Sea will part. And he stretched out his rod. I'm sure you guys can understand that you are looking at a sea right in front of you. And you are doing something that has never been done in the history of the world. And you stretch out your eye, you start to see that the water starts to you know, move. Well, you have to put your foot. But guess what? When Joshua was about to do the same miracle, the Bible said until he put his foot in the water before the sea parted. Faith comes with corresponding action. If there's no action, it cannot validate faith. Now, the thing I now want to end with is, is it every action that actually validates faith? And that's a very good place for us. I'm going to show you in the life of Jesus, the Bible said, and Jesus led of the Spirit. You can find that in Matthew 4. And Jesus led of the Spirit, went into the wilderness to be tested or to be tempted of the enemy. And the Bible says, after 40 days and 40 nights, the enemy came and said, if you are the Son of God. But do not forget that in chapter 3, we also the dramatic entrance of the dove and the voice of the Lord that said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Now the enemy comes in verse four in the temptation and says, if you are the son of God, turn stone to bread. Now that was a demand on faith in sense, right? Turn stone to bread. Let's also establish that he was hungry. So that means there was a valid reason. And this is actually where I want to focus on today. I bear, and I'm going to go back just so that everybody gets it. We started by understanding how faith should operate. Faith should operate first by asking, believing, and not doubting. Then faith should operate by you doubt, not doubting, but taking corresponding step. Those are the realities. Now, in your taking step, the next thing I'm, I want to talk about is what inspires your step. What inspires your act of faith? Because if we are going to be able to balance wisdom and faith in our time, then we must be able to understand what actually inspires our faith. 
because it is not every action that you do that actually is inspired rightly. Jesus would have gone ahead to say, you know what? I am the son of God and I'm going to prove to you that I'm the son of God. The same way some of us get into life situations and you start to hear the enemy say things like, and you say you, you are born again. Eh? And you say that God loves you. Instead of you to did, 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 did. And what you do not understand that at that point in time, that thing is not actually asking you for faith. It's actually questioning your validity of you believing that you are a son. And everything about faith is rooted in sonship. It's rooted in believing who God says that you are. You cannot take an action to prove a point, which is where I'm going to. The reason why some of us do not see our faith come alive, or we do not see the things that we are trusting God, or the acts of faith that we've done, is not rooted in totally believing in God. Is you are trying to prove to yourself that you believe. You are trying to prove to yourself. It is more from a place of, ah, let me do it so that I can show myself that I have faith. No, you already have accepted that I have faith because I believe in God then you now start to take the steps that are from that place of belief. So the devil here was saying to Jesus, do you believe that you are a child of God? If you believe you are a child of God, turn stone to bread. No, sir, that's not how we use faith. That's not how we use faith. And if Jesus had done that, I'm not sure whether the stone would have turned to bread because the motive was wrong. It was not particularly to solve the problem of hunger. It was so that he could tell the devil that I believe. No, but he already believed the word of the Lord in chapter 3 that says, this is my beloved son. So does it make sense, the response of Jesus? So Jesus goes by telling him that the question here is not about food. The bone of contention here is not about whether I have the ability to turn stone to bread. Because guess what, my people? The first miracle of Jesus was to turn water to wine. It would not have been any difficult to turn stone to bread. It would not have been, he would not have needed more faith to turn stone to bread because he could turn water to wine. But the bone of contention was the motif. The bone of contention was why are you doing it? Sister, 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 church member, when they call you to lay hands on the sick, are you doing it so that they can say she carries the power of God or are you moved that this person should not feel this infirmity that this person is feeling? And from the generosity of love in your heart, for you wanting to see that this person can be liberated from these shackles, you pray a prayer of faith. Or is it a prayer of her? Hmm, they have called me, hey, I'm the pastor of this church. Hey, people are falling sick. Hey, what do I do? I need to start to pray. That prayer has a wrong motive because you are still questioning the fact that you are called. Prayer and faith already believes that you are called. By the spoken words of the one that called you, you know that it was not a missed call and it was not a forwarded call. You got it direct. So your response is not to validate the claim of the knowledge. It's to walk in the fullness of the knowledge. So if you are trusting God for a child, when you give your Shiloh offering or you buy those baby clothes, it's not to join the bandwagon of people that say, ah, act of faith is that you have to buy baby clothes, you need to name them. It's because of the expectancy of the fact that you know that this, my prayer point, is not an if. It is a when. So rather than me wait, why don't I start to put things in place now? Because I know they will come. 
Why does Olumide and Emisi have to wait till the child starts to form in their womb before they now start to rack their brain on the name that they will call him or her or them? We already believe that they are here. So why don't we just start to name them now? Why don't we now start to just buy their clothes in the order of what we believe? But if it is rooted in her, hey, this will have not come on. Let us, let us twist the hand of God. Maybe if I buy clothes, you will see that I'm in need and he will have mercy on me and give me. <laughs> My brothers and sisters, that is not faith in action. Another thing I want to share is you can't use faith to manipulate the hand of God. No. Faith addresses you. Faith says you believe. <laughs> Did you understand? Faith addresses you. If you have faith as small as a monster seed, it is you that will say to the mountain. Mm -mm. It's not God that will help you say to the mountain. Faith helps you to say things and call things that are not as though they were. Faith is that vehicle that helps you say it. You don't say it in hope. You say it in knowledge. And I'm going to be ending. So you, you, you see what I'm trying to say? Let me not say ending. You see what I'm trying to say when you say the motive must be right. The motive must be right. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. Meaning that I understand that you are trying to take my mind away from my identity to making me focus on me meeting my physical need. But can I stop you in your track that even if I don't eat, <laughs> I take stronger the word of the Lord. Jesus was trying to tell the devil, my faith is rooted in the word of the Lord, not in the performance of whether stone can become bread, which is bringing me back to what I was saying. The Hebrew boy said, even if he does not save me, we will not serve, we will not bow. Faith says that, see, I am too committed to the spoken words of my father, that I don't even need action. I don't even need a, a manifestation to prove that I believe. But guess what? Because I believe manifestation will happen. Because these signs shall follow they that believe. So it's about we having what it really drives us to do the things that we do. And boy, in my time, I've heard people take very strong work of it. I'll give you a very typical example. For those that are very familiar with Kilo, you hear people take, they, 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 they speak and they tell them, oh, you know, I was in this, and God told me, do this and do this, and I did it and it worked for me. Now, somebody hears that in church, but they did not pay strong attention on the work God told them, what they had to do to stay in the presence of God for God to speak to them. They take what God told that person to do and they do it and it doesn't work. What that testimony is supposed to do for you is to make you believe that you can actually ask God concerning that situation and he can give you instructions on how to go about that situation. But people don't ask God. What they just do is they copy paste that person's uh, 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 report card and they carry it out. And sometimes God is merciful. But in other cases, God gets them back to the place of knowledge that no, that is not how faith operates. That's not the reality of faith. That's not the reality of faith. You need to learn what they did. The Bible said concerning Hannah, the Bible says she goes to Shiloh every year. And this day she was crying. And she said, God, look upon me. And she was crying so bad that the, 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 the priest thought that she was drunk. And the Bible says, the priest came and said, ah, it's too early to drink. Now, why are you drunk? She said, Sir, I'm not drunk. My sorrow is just deep. Now, does that mean that every woman that goes to church must, must, must take that approach alone in order to have children? No. 
What was happening to her there was she was trying to tell the man that I'm in a conversation with God. I am in a conversation with God. I am telling him to look at me. And when the pastor got it, he said, oh, is that what you are doing? Okay, you know what? I pray this for you. And it happened for her. Guys, faith is rooted in knowledge. Faith is rooted in the knowledge of who you are serving. And that is why you cannot have faith outside prayer. You always need to be talking with God. You always need to be talking with God. A very good example was, I always mix them up, so permit me. Let me say, help me out. Elijah or Elisha? The one that prayed seven times. Elijah. Elijah, thank you very much. Elijah was the one that said rain should not fall. But now it's time for rain to start falling. And the Bible said he prayed the first time. The moment he sent a word that, you know what, I believe that this prayer would have made rain start to fall. Go and check. And the guy came back in and he did not see it. Did Elijah tell him to go back again? No. The Bible says he continued praying. Communication. It's that level of intimacy that God, I believe you too much to know that when you said this thing will come to pass. So if it's not happening, God, let's talk. What is it about? Is there something I need to do? Is there something I'm not getting? But sometimes what we do is we walk in blind faith. We never go back. We, we feel like if we go back to God to ask, it's out of faith. No, it's because you still feel that it's that action that makes you, it's that action alone that, that typifies your faith. No, faith is first knowing God. Faith is first knowing that God is with you. Faith is first knowing that, you know what, I believe this God. So the Bible said he went back and he prayed. And he told the guy, go back outside again. And he did that occurrence seven times. I think he was trying to show us something that every time you don't see things work in your life, in the order of what you have believed, go back to the place of prayer. Go back to the place of prayer. You can go back and pray the same prayer point, but go back to the place of prayer. And for as long as God did not change his mind, he kept praying until he saw what the Lord told him to see. The last thing I'm going to talk about so we've established, just starting again, the realities of faith start by asking. When you ask, believe. When you believe, do not doubt. And when you do not doubt, take action. And when you are taking your action, have the right motive for your action. Because if you have the wrong motive, it would impede on your belief system. The next thing I'm going to talk about is add to your faith knowledge. So let's open our Bibles to Second to Second Peter 1 verse 5. I want us to use, okay, I want us to use the, I think it's the Passion's translation. Because I think it was really, ex, was really, yeah, the Passion's translation. So first, Second Peter 1 verse 5. It says, so devote yourself to, lavishing, to, to lavishly supplementing your faith with goodness. And with goodness, add understanding. And to understanding, add strength of self-control. And to self-control, add patient endurance. And to patient endurance, add godliness. And to godliness, add mercy towards your brothers and sisters. And to mercy towards your brothers and sisters, add unending love. Since these virtues are already planted deep within, you and you possess them in abundant supply, they will keep you from being inactive 
or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus Christ more intimately. Now, what this scripture is trying to tell us is the journey does not end when you successfully have faith by action. What are you adding to that faith? Now, this is very instrumental because I found out that a lot of times I'm saying I'm trusting God for something, but there are other areas of my life that I'm not pleasing God in. So it looks like you are, you love God in faith to believe for something, but there are other things he's asking you to do, or there are other tenets of life that you should, you should uphold that you're not upholding. So that may seem to me that your faith in God is only to get that thing. It's not rooted in the knowledge of God. It's not rooted in loving God. Because see what he's saying. He says, not, I don't want you to just walk in faith, but add to your faith goodness. So I'll give you an example. You know this concept of when people say you are trusting God for it. I'm sorry I'm using a child because, of course, you all know the story. You know this concept of when people say you are trusting God for a child and because of that, when you see every child or any, you see anybody having a child, you know, you bless them because when you celebrate them, you are also attracting it for yourself. Or when somebody gives a testimony in the order of what you are trusting God for, you sow a seed, you know, and, you know, sometimes you hear things like, I covet your testimony. I, I think maybe the action is so popular, but a lot of people do not understand the knowledge of the scripture backing that faith or backing that action. It's actually rooted in this scripture. You are adding to your faith goodness. It's goodness. So when you give to a woman that just had a child and maybe does not even have the money to take care of the child or something, you are adding to you believing that God can do it for you. Goodness. And I found out something. I found out something in the scripture. Jesus was saying that man shall not live by bread alone, though he was hungry, but he did not listen to the devil. But when it came to that issue of turning water to wine, the Bible said, though he said that my time has not yet come, woman, and he was talking to his mother, he still did it. Why? Because he was applying goodness to the people that had the wedding. The people that had the wedding was probably in shame. And he looked upon them in compassion. I said, ah, you know what? I necessarily don't have to do this. I don't need to prove a point that I am Jesus. But these people are in need. These people are in, are, are in anguish. And if I can help, if from the goodness of my heart, I can help their problem, I will do it. And, it, and he, he turned that water to wine. And the Bible, you know the story, the, the guest said, oh, how can you bring the best wine for last? Da, 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 da. And you know, those people were saved in terms of this, God saved you know, them from shame. That was goodness. So the question I'm asking us today is when we say we are standing in God, or standing on God on the matters of faith, are we good? Are we adding to our faith a life that pleases God? So what he's saying here, he says that after that, about understanding, if you have added understanding, about strength of self-control, about patient endurance. This is also very key. God tells you, okay, have faith in me. But how patient are you to walk on the word? How patient are you to are you to go back to him to say, God, this is where we are. What's going on? Are we should I pursue? Should I overtake? Or do you take laws into your hands like Abraham? He called it patient endurance. Do you add that to your faith? Or does your faith say, once you pray and it does not happen, I, I look at alternatives. 
These things add to your faith. Look at what the Bible says. So that you are not fruitless. So that you are not fruitless. That is what chapter um, verse 8 says. It says you keep, uh, they, they, they will keep you from being inactive or fruitless in your pursuit of knowing Jesus more intimately. So the realities of faith does not stop in you just trusting God for that one thing. It engulfs your entire being. It takes over. I'll give you another example of faith. The Bible says Jesus, I mean, God told David um, that he should overtake and he will without doubt recover all. On his journey, he saw a man that needed help. If David was consumed only by the vengeance in his heart, because God had given him approval to go and fight those people and get back his children and family, he would have overlooked that guy. And in that guy, as, 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 as minute as he would have seemed in the scheme of things, in that guy was the answer to David actually overcoming her. Because that guy was the one that knew the secret of where those people that he was chasing were. Is somebody with me? So at that place, goodness needed to be added to the faith that David had in pursuing. And David took care of the guy, and the guy was spilling that, blah, 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 blah. So you see sometimes why you cannot take away these characteristics from your work of faith. And sometimes God will be asking you that, are you working in the fullness of all that I have said? Or are you just chasing faith and you are not even thinking of the many things that you are supposed to add to it? So why are we a cheerful people? Why do we give? We don't give so that the things that we are trusting God can come to pass, no. We give because we are generous people. We give because we are adding to faith this generosity. It is not that it's that faith. It's not that that generosity is, is what validates the faith. No, you will still be generous even if you are not working in faith. It is a character. It's a milk that must flow from you. And that's why this morning, the balance is, please, in every strata that you are in. So maybe you are in that strata where you have not even asked God for it and you are believing. Go back and ask God, God, what is your will concerning me doing this? And look for scriptures that align to what God is saying. Now, when you actually now get to ask and he gives you his word, believe it. That is not where you now come and say, hey, God, but God, uh, no, no, believe it and do not doubt. Then when you now do not doubt, the next thing is, or take action. And when you take action, take action from the knowledge that you know what, I believe the one that has sent me. Not taking action in trying to prove to the devil, trying to prove to yourself that you actually believe. No. Your action is a response to your belief statement. It should not be because you want to show that you believe. No. Faith is not for show off. Faith is not for show off. And Jesus made it abundantly clear when he was having to speak with the devil that I'm not going to show off about whether I can turn stone to bread. I believe the word of the Lord, and that's for me, period. And when you now do that, don't just stop there. Add to your faith. These things that the Bible has said. So daily you are checking. Daily you are checking, am I still in goodness? Am I still in understanding? Understanding knowledge. Am I still going back to the word? Am I still reading? Am I still, you know, re-oiling that, that, that word of God that I know? Am I self, do I have self-control? You know, I remember what this guy was saying, uh, uh, um, Mike Todd, about the first time I think he met um, Stephen Fortick. 
and he just had, you know, he wanted to meet him so bad and he was sitting right behind him and God told him, do not talk to him, do not introduce yourself, that I will make it happen in my own time. Like for somebody, that is an answer prayer. They ah, see the man that I want to, you know, to work with. I want to, I want to put on this stage. But God had to add to his faith right there, self-control. And sometimes God will tell you, no, you don't need to flaunt that you are from the lineage of the Dangotes to get this thing. No, stay in that isolation. I will bring it to you without the name. But you see, you need to add to that faith that you believe self-control. Self-control. I'll give you something. When, when uh, um, um, I was, uh, what was that? Sorry, I've, I've forgotten. But you need to add to it self-control. Then the Bible also talked about what else do we add to it? We add, um, sorry, my Bible has flipped. Yeah. Mercy. Godliness. And he's saying mercy to others. Unending love. These things accompany faith. These things make your faith fruitful. This is why God will say things like, you want to give me an offering, but you are holding your neighbor in unforgiveness. That act of faith of you giving an offering, knowing that I will reply, replenish you, or I, will re, I will multiply it, has become stunted because unforgiveness is somewhere. So achieve unforgiveness so that you can add to your faith on ending love. But if you have not achieved on that, it will stunt your faith or the growth of your faith. So I feel like this is, for me, these are the things that, you know, as I start to meditate on, it starts to open my eyes to how to actually walk in the realities of faith. Jesus about to die on the cross, about to breathe his last in so much pain. He could still listen to the man beside him to say, you will be with me in paradise. His love was, his love was not cultured because he was seeing people saying, crucify him. The same people we were supposed to keep uh, and die for. The same people that would rather pick a Barabbas over you. He still had compassion in his heart, even for the confirmed thief. Because you know that the two that were there were confirmed thief. He still had a <laughs> he still had compassion in his heart for one that was 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 seeking mercy. He still had mercy on his brothers. So I pray today with all that we've heard that now we understand how to walk in faith. So that the devil does not hijack a very beautiful process. I started by saying faith enables us get into partnership with God. And the, the, the expectation or the, the, the fullness of faith is not only that that thing that you're praying for manifests. No, it's actually to help you know God more intimately, which is what Second Peter 1 was talking about. He says, having done all these things, it helps you to not be inactive or fruitless in the knowledge of God intimately. It helps you to know God intimately. Because the men of old, some of them died believing the promise. But they died in faith. They didn't see Jesus, but they believed that a Messiah was going to come. They believed unto death. They believe so much that they told their children, see, I'm about to die. But see, believe with me that the Messiah is going to come. And they sent that to another generation that now believed. And maybe those ones did not also see Jesus, but they believed and they sent it to another generation. That's my brothers and sisters' faith, even though they are not seeing it.
But look at us today. We believe. I remember what the Bible says. It says, you see and believe. But it says, blessed are those that though they do not see, yet they believe. So this morning, I want us to pray. Now, Father Lord, help me to identify the area that my walk of faith is being stunted. What stage have I not completed my cycle? What area is it that I have not, you know, really maybe I've not taken cognizance to? You know, some of you, you feel, oh, everybody's going for masters. You want to travel about great. What have you asked the Lord? It's important that you do. It's important. And for the ones that have asked the Lord and you felt a very strong notion or you heard God say, go, what action? Have you gone to pick up your transcript? Have you gone to sharpen your, 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 your IELTS or your use of English? What action are you creating? Many believers want a faith that makes God responsible for everything. But that is not faith, my brothers and sisters. Faith calls for partnership. Faith is the ladder that, rules for, that, that takes to partnership. So I want us to pray that, Lord, wherever the gap is in my faith, help me, Lord. Help me, Lord, to identify it. For some people, they have worked on action that is not backed up with the knowledge of God, meaning action that God did not send them. So you heard that somebody had stomach problem and they went to Shiloh, they took the sand of Shiloh, they drank it and they were healed. But you do not have a sure word concerning that. And you went to take it and you're now you're, you're, you're upset that with the money you do not have, now you have to go to hospital. That action was not backed up by the knowledge of God. For you, God might be telling you something different. For you, God might be saying something. Something else. See the wise men. The wise men went and they saw Herod. But when they were going back, God told them, do not go back through this route. Go through another route. They could have said, ah, Shabit, this is the route that we came. They asked. I think faith is really hinged in every second. You are asking God, where are you now? What are you saying now? What are we doing now? So Lord, whatever the gap is in my faith, Whatever it is that maybe I have, you know, taken up somebody's, I've copy pasted somebody's reality without not even asking you, God, what are we to do? Let me know. Lord, help me. Father, Lord, teach me. Lord, help me to retrace my steps so that I don't cause havoc. Because another thing that happens, guys, is the moment you, sometimes actions, you do it in open. And when it doesn't pan out, you now demoralize some people that are working in faith. <laughs> because they're like, ah, you see, you see, you did this great thing and it, it did not pan out the way you wanted. So we must be sure that what we are doing is not funded by our own, you know, insecurity. It's not funded by our own, let me prove a point to them that I am a woman of faith or I'm a man of faith. No, it must be rooted in love to make goodness flow. Jesus saw that they needed what, uh, they needed uh, uh, um, uh, wine. And from compassion, he decided to do that. Not to prove a point that it was Messiah. Other than the mommy was saying, ah, he, this is easy. But when he felt the compassion, he did it. He obeyed his mother and he did it. So Lord, whatever the gap is, open my eyes to see it. And teach me, Lord, how to walk with you till I see the things that, I, that I'm expecting. Don't forget, faith already settles in your heart that God will do it. It's not an if anymore. It becomes a when. 
that God will do it. I believe he will do it. Guess what? Sometimes he may not even do it in your lifetime. <laughs> but you believe that even if I go, I believe that this thing will come to pass. Um, if you see that man that um, made that, pro uh, there was a prophecy that happened, and I think he said in the next hundred years. Um, he wasn't there to see the manifestation of what he said. What it happened. A hundred years. That is faith, guys. That is faith. That I believe in what he has said. And that is it. So when we pray prayers concerning mountains like Nigeria, stop looking at the next election as the only way that that prayer will be answered. Believe that God is going to make it happen. It can be this election, Lord, I believe. It can be next, I, I believe. And that's why my confession will not change concerning Nigeria because I believe even unto my own death that even if I go and it has not yet happened, it will happen. So I want us right now to just open our mouth and pray. And just talk to God concerning all that we've heard. The Father Lord, help me. I don't want to do these things. And at the end of the day, I find out that I was just doing it to prove a point to myself. I want, I want faith that is real, that is rooted in love, that is rooted in the knowledge of you. The last thing I forgot to share with you guys was every time you apply faith, it is, it is, it is driving you to know more of your father. It's driving you to know more of your father. So if you trusted God for money and it came to pass and God supplied you money, now you know him as the overgiveth money. If you're trusting him for healing and the healing happens, now you know him as the over the healer. So every time you take a walk of faith, it actually builds intimacy. It's not so much of that thing coming to pass as much as you knowing your father in a unique light that nobody can take away from you. So, Father, Lord, help me not to do it wrongly. Help me not to do it with the wrong motive. Help me not to do it and still doubt. Help me not to do it and not also cover areas of my life that you need me to pay attention to. Help this faith to be alive in me. Help me to believe wholeheartedly. Help me to stand on your word, to believe that you that have said it, you are not a man that will lie, but the son of man that asks for forgiveness. Help me to partner with you in the glorious destiny that you want to birth into the world. Help me, Father, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on our other ministry expressions, discipleship programs, and resources, visit hope365network.org.